I have to, and this is where I'm just energetically sensitive and I've had to learn how to take care of that in my own way so that I'm not suppressing it just so that I can function inside of society. Welcome to the Projector Guidance Podcast, your source for unlocking insight into human design. I'm your host, Brandy Yates. This episode is a tad bit different than my usual fare. Honestly, I had a moment of pause wondering if I was even going to share this. Everything I discuss here comes straight from personal experience, and I want that to be very clear. I'm not suggesting that having these specific gates, channels, or any configuration means that you'll face addiction issues. I'm just sharing my journey, insights from my own chart, and patterns I've noticed in the charts of folks who've approached me. This episode was inspired by an email from another human design coach, Rebecca Davila, a 1-3 mental projector, dropped an intriguing question and asked me, have I ever noticed any patterns among my clients regarding addiction? Of course, this question uh, really, really interested me, so we decided to hop on a call and hit the record button, thinking it might be something we'd want to share later. And if you're one of my regulars who join my TikTok lives that I am constantly on every single week, during one of these sessions, I mentioned the chat that Rebecca and I had, and many of you eagerly were really excited that this episode be dropped and released. Well, I've heard and I've listened, and I'm thrilled to share this episode with you finally. Now, before we move forward with this episode, though, I want you to pause and take a deep breath. and enjoy. How are you? Oh my gosh. Whatever <laughs> is happening in the sky is kicking my booty today. <laughs> today, I feel like August has just kicked my ass like the whole month. I mean, that's true. But this month I got my kid ready for college. Like he turned 19 on the 12th and then we moved him into college a week later. So it's been like very focused on that. And he's been in there for a week. And so I feel like this last week has just been a lot of like now I can process stuff. And and it's a weird thing. Like now I'm like, okay, my kid is thriving in this environment. Like this is what I've been working 19 years for. And so part of me is like, can I die now? Like I'm just... <laughs> Like, I'm so tired. <laughs> He's good. And yeah, it, it's been very interesting. And then I remember today, I was like, oh, the full moon's in two days. So of course. Yeah, lots going on over there. But it, I mean, so <clears throat> are you like for the first time in a while, like in your house by yourself? No, because they go to their dad's. Um, like I've had the joint thing. And then also my younger son is 16. So now it's like, I get just that time with him and he's my manifester kiddo. So I'm curious to see, it's interesting to see the energy shift so far, but I think that'll be fun. Just having that one-on-one time with him. So, but he's getting his driver's license tomorrow. So I feel like it's going to be just more and more of me on my own and them doing their own thing, which is cool. Like that's what they're meant to do. So, Absolutely. I'm nervous to talk to you today. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely nervous because I'm, yeah, 
um, because I do want to say that I, what I'm, what we discussed, I'm not saying that I, this is all from experience. This is all from speculation. This is everything from just pure observation and kind of me piecing it together, whether it's true or not, I have, you know, no idea, but I'm really curious to get, um, you know, your insight, um, with everything that's going on as well. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I've been feeling nervous all morning too. And I'm like, but I think it's my one line. I'm like, I don't know enough to talk about this. <laughs> and I'm like, I only got experience. So I've got to be raw or open or vulnerable. So I'm just like, ah, you know, um, because so we're not, I'm not even sure if I'm going to post this or not as an episode, okay. just FYI, I would rather this be more of an open communication. And if it turns out awesome, amazing. If it doesn't turn out awesome, whatever. Um, yeah. But you sent me an email interested in my thoughts about addiction and the defined spleen. Is that how this all started? Yes. Yes. Because you and I had had a conversation previously with where you'd kind of mentioned something in your own experience. And then I had two readings back to back with someone who had defined spleen and had talked about addiction issues. And I realized that part of my projection as a mental projector is that if I just had a defined spleen, then life would be good. And so it <laughs> okay. <laughs> your reaction's cracking me up. Um, <laughs> and so it intrigued me because I thought, well, define spleen, you have that natural like connection to intuition and to safety and security and all that. But of course that doesn't mean anything. So I just was amused by my projection and fascinated. Like why, why, like what's going on here? Is there something more? So really it's just my champ curiosity, like with everything else. Like, I just want to ask questions and hear stories and yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so of course I looked at my chart. I looked at other people's charts that I know who have had experiences with addiction. Right. And then I looked at the charts that you sent me and I've also had, you know, a handful of readings where that was also a discussion of topic. And if you, if you think about the spleen and being in, in the now, the awareness in the now, it has to do with you being comfortable in your body. And it has to do with you being able to be comfortable with your body's consciousness. Like intuitively, we know what we need to do. Like, I know that I should not drink anymore, right? Like, I know I shouldn't have, like, we know. But I think that when you're in a stage of like true disassociation and it depends also your environment, right? Like, so I can really pick apart my chart and be like, well, so that my addiction could have came from over here and this over here and like really <laughs> synthesizing it together. Cause it's really interesting. Like when I look at it and then I look, so for example, like gate 27 sitting in the fifth line. Um, <clears throat> and that's also in a chart that you sent where it's this gate of caring. So, and gate 27 is polar is polar opposite of gate 28 and gate 28 has to do with also sex, drugs, right? Fear of death. And to me, it also has to do with purpose. And so one of the big, big things for me, and this is going to be different for everybody, but just speaking about like my experience and with gate 28, when I am not physically working towards a goal. Like I need to be like, this is the goal. This is where I'm going. And like, have that focus when I don't have that in my life, I'm 
not being healthy. It's like, I'm, I'm either drinking, I'm doing drugs, like, because my focus isn't on my purpose anymore. I'm like, screw my purpose, screw this. And I'm like suppressing that fear of, is this worth really living? Like, is this worth, is this life really worth value? So when I don't feel like something's of value, I'm just suppressing that. And I'm just suppressing it. And to me, that suppression came with drugs and alcohol. Um, so to me, it has to do with a lot of disassociation. So if it's the awareness in the now and to be in your body and you're just like, I'm not comfortable here, I don't like it here. And you're truly trying to escape from something. I think that has a lot to do with the spleen. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you were, especially if your spleen is guiding you to something and you get that hit of like, this isn't safe, this isn't good, but you can't leave or whatever it is like you were talking about environment so then that made me curious too like were you in an incorrect environment and then the motivation too because that's really huge especially for projectors like okay too many thoughts go ahead yeah no that's why I was like really nervous because like when I here's the thing intuitively I know it like what I'm trying to say like I feel it but I am having such a hard time trying to get it out because mm -hmm. I feel like I don't know, my depth and knowledge in this area is just very, it's all from experience. And so again, when you're talking about the gates within the spleen, one thing that I am really interested in looking at is what is the spleen connected to? Because mm -hmm. for example, my spleen is connected to my root. So that's, you know, <clears throat> the intuitive awareness to handle that pressure and in a healthy way to handle that pressure. So imagine if I have this pressure consistently coming from my root, but I'm not handling it in a healthy way, I'm gonna suppress it by unhealthy characteristics. Right. And then like, what I'm really interested in is like, you've got gate 38, which to me is more of like a healthy expression or where drugs and alcohol, like the 38 and 28 channel, but then the 3955, I feel like has a lot to do with like eating addiction and eating disorder, like whether people eat too much or they don't eat enough. Um, so it's just really interesting. And they're both individual channels. So it's like real individual process. Um, I don't know if any of this is making sense. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Well, and I know I've heard other people with the 3959 or 55 talk about just the depth of emotion that that one comes with, just the real melancholy, the, is that the right, yeah, like the down low. And so with that individual process, I feel like that does add a whole other layer to it. Yeah. And I find it fascinating too. I feel like it's worth the conversation because we talk a lot about the not self questions inside of the open centers and how valuable that is. But I don't think we talk enough about how the not self can come from the de definition as well. Like it's probably for different reasons. You're not, it's not like you're being amplified or you're, you're being like run over by other people's energy. It's more like you can't express the the definition in the correct way or for me specifically with my mind throat, like I know I shut down a long time ago that I was smart at all. Like I didn't want to share what I knew. I didn't want to ask questions It because I felt like that pissed people off. But that's what I'm here to do. So it also makes sense if we think of that, like especially with you with the spleen root, if you're not able to really share that wisdom and to let that wisdom express itself, you're suppressing it for any reason. 
And it just makes sense to me that it would come out in some way like that. Like you would find some addiction or some other way to process that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, gate 38 is the gate of the fighter. So like, what, what am I fighting for is the question. And if I'm not fighting for something, I I said this to my sister one time we were talking, I'm like, look, because we're so polar opposite. She's like, I wish I was ambitious. And her just, her ambition is different than mine. Like her ambition bleeds through her family. My ambition really bleeds through my physical exertion where I like physically need to be working towards something because gate 38 is all about evolving um, yeah. and expressing it in a physical manner. So to me, like balanced eating, you know, exercise, breath work, like those three components and sleep meditation. I cannot tell you the benefit and just the release that it gives. And I have the 3839. Um, right. So just really staying healthy within this root center. And again, the root and the spleen are the only thing that's defined for me. So like if I am unhealthy and not staying in my body and not moving that pressure in a way that feels good to me, it's almost like I don't have clarity in what I'm doing. And I have gate 57, which doesn't connect to the throat, right? So it's like I have, and here's where I was going with the environment and things. So I'm very open in my design. So of course, environment is key, but Let's say people aren't, are, aren't as open as me. What I'm noticing is gate 57 has a huge play in all of this. And every single chart that I've looked at, four out of the five have gate 57. And um, on another chart, it was like the bridging gate. So there's, I feel like gate 57 because it has to do with sound, right? Being acoustic. And so imagine that you're in an environment that isn't truthful and you know it, or you're in an environment that just doesn't sound good to you at all, right? Like then what, what are you going to do? How are you releasing that? How are you taking in? Like, how do you shut that off? Because your awareness center is just, if you're in your body and you're working and you're staying in your body's consciousness, you're picking up, you're picking up on that. So to me, like when I was in environments that didn't sound good or didn't feel good, like I would do what I needed to do to really suppress that just so that I could be in those environments. Hmm. I mean, especially with that one, because it is the most intuitive. So it's picking up the most in the truth, the clarity. Yeah, that's even sound within people's voices, right? Like when they're lying to you and they're trying to gaslight you or something and you're like- You've got to, how do you block it out? Like if you've got no yeah. escape, if you don't. So so if you're dealing with those type of traumatic issues and you don't have healthy tools to work through, you know, those experiences, what are you going to turn to? Well, <laughs> most of us, <laughs> you know, uh, I turned. <laughs> and what the thing is, is like, I've- I feel like my addictions are have been all over the place. It was with alcohol. It was with Adderall. It was with cocaine. It was with Molly. Like I have done a wide share and I did them for extensive periods or not extensive periods. Let me back up. But, you know, I did them <laughs> for periods of time, but it's just, for me, it's really interesting because I liked lowers, but I liked uppers. Um, mm -hmm. But when I was looking at my design, let's if we go to environment, 
I have an environment that's in the fourth color, right? So mountains. And when I was reading and studying about the fourth line, Ross says that those who have a mountains environment do better with less oxygen. So these are going to be people who are interested in plant medicines or things that actually help them get into less oxygen. Um, so I even find that interesting where, you know, Absolutely. Yeah. It's like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I'm just noticing because you have that high sound determination add to that 57 that you were talking about. So like that sound, like sound passes through me. I don't know how else to say that, but like it moves through me and I can I just feel it. I can feel it when someone's lying. I can feel it when somebody's, I just, I feel it and it's a gift and it's a huge curse all at the same time. Right. But I have to, and this is where I'm just energetically sensitive and I've had to learn how to take care of that in my own way so that I'm not suppressing it just so that I can function inside of society. Right. Right. Yeah. And then we add your completely open solar plexus. Yeah. There's just a lot happening. Well, because then the solar plexus is attached to your nervous system, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, like when I was addicted to Adderall, Adderall puts you in a flight or flight or fight stage, like it puts you there. So again, imagine you're in flight or flight or fight. I have this defined spleen that's trying to keep me secure. I have an open solar plexus whose nervous system is just out of whack. And I don't know, have or have this like fixed way of processing emotions. And what's really interesting is I only expressed my emotions when I was drunk. I was like, oh, let's talk about it now. Let me share how I feel now. And it's like the worst time, not clear thoughts. It's like the worst time to provoke anybody. There's no awareness whatsoever. Um, so yeah, I just, I looked at my chart and I'm like, oh, this is funny. You know, we've got gate 27 and an undefined sacral center. Don't know when to stop. Like, I don't know when to stop. I don't know how one drink, seven drinks. I don't know. Once I start, like, I don't know when enough is enough. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting. It is so interesting. It is so interesting. And I just find it, I don't know. I, I find it all super fascinating. It's probably just the channel curiosity, but I, I also always wonder if I hadn't have become a mom so young, like what would have happened there because I feel like there's a lot of potential with all the openness that I could have gone down that road too but I had mm. kids to wake up for that um you know kept me on a different level yeah. um yeah so yeah what's happening there's what <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a lot happening up in my mind. It's not coming out of my mouth yet. No, I feel you. I mean, like before we hopped on this call, like I really was just looking at the spleen. And if you just look at the spleen and then look at the fears, I don't know. I just, it makes sense that when you're suppressing these fears or you're not staying in your body and you're just not working through these fears in a healthy way, Mm -hmm. then because the thing is the spleen is all about health so you're either handling these fears in a healthy way or you're handling them in a in a very toxic way or an unhealthy way so it all just depends on 
what side of the spectrum you really are with the spleen because the spleen is here to feel good, right? And then think about it. Like when you get around somebody who's who's deep in their addiction or they're caught up in their addiction, those people don't really feel good. They're not, their spleen isn't healthy, right? They're on the lower end of that because they're not taking or not using their awareness to figure out what do I need to do to become healthy? Instead, they're just suppressing it for whatever reason that may be. Yeah, exactly. And then that reminded me of my ex-husband who has his own things, but that's what fascinated me too, because he has every single, he has a defined spleen. He's a generator and has every single gate defined and like four channels coming out of his spleen or something. And so that's fascinating to me. Like you have all this connection, but you're moving to an addiction to feel good like what in the world? But you're right. Like if you're not in the healthy environment, if you're not able to really be in your body and to listen to that and connect to that, it's going to go all wackadoo. Yeah. And I mean, all I, the. I wonder just, even, I was going to say, I wonder even if looking at the environment arrow would even be beneficial. Oh yeah. Cause that, let's see, I'm looking at, oh, well, Okay. In one of the charts I sent you, it's left and shores. The other one is right and valleys, and then your left. So I don't know. Well, so like I was just thinking, so for example, like I'm mountains and I'm active. Mm -hmm. So being in a low ground environment place, and I also like, so I have the four and then I have the three. So it's, you know, to me, like, okay, let me explain my ideal environment. My ideal environment, honestly, would be if I lived in the city, it would be a, a high rise looking over the city, right? Um, and where it's just a lot of external stimulation, right? Because I have the third line. So my environment needs to be externally, externally stimulating mm. with a lot of action, lots of movement, lots of openness, lots of lo little oxygen, right? Put me in a very ground, dark, not no 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 stimulation no nothing how's my and then i'm and it's not active so i'm just i'm being more or it's not even relaxing me either like it's just the worst case scenario what am i going to do how am i going to behave what behavior traits are going to come out if i'm in an environment that's the exact opposite of what i'm supposed to be in Yes. And well, and that's an interesting one too, because I've been kind of playing with the environment in that way too, where I feel like sometimes I'll actually seek out my transferred environment because it like activates me a little bit more. It gives me a little bit of a different perspective. It kind of helps me um, like shift my energy a little bit. But yeah, if I were to just be there all the time or like have to like being forced to be there if I wasn't choosing to be there I guess is what I'm saying that and I had to be there a lot that could be really overwhelming so it's just interesting like there's yeah. just so much energy stuff it's, it's like, just yeah. there's so much nuance to it Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's not, it's not cookie cut. Like I get people who come all the time. They're like, can you see ADHD in my chart? And I'm like, no, I cannot see whether you are ADHD. This is what I can see. I can see how you're meant to function. Cause like, I'm super fascinated right now. Cause of course of my addiction with Adderall, like 
because here's the thing, like if I had Adderall, I, my business would just be on a completely different level. You know what I mean? Like I would just be getting shit done, but I have like executive dysfunction where I have such a hard time, like doing the thing. I know what I need to do, but I just got um, where was I going with all this? Shoot. I lost my train of thought. Oh, I was talking about Adderall and your the people coming to me with ADHD. I think it's not a I mean, of course, like I know I have ADHD, like I was tested, we did all the stuff, it's there. But I am trying to, or I have been for the past three years, learning how to operate with inside myself without any type of medication. And the more and the more and the more that I lean into these arrows, the more that I can see that I can work with my ADHD without needing any sort of external stimulation or help. But it does take like a lot of awareness, a lot of practice, a lot of intention, but I'm finding that flow to where things are feeling more at ease and not so physically constraining. I love that. Yeah. I feel like the arrows and that whole system is so supportive and I hate that it's been gatekept for a while, but I like that people are starting to talk about it finally. And the ADHD thing really intrigues me because I've been curious about that too. Like I had a few charts. I think I looked at like 10 because I thought, I wonder if there's some kind of pattern and I couldn't find one. Um, But then I just wonder like with the neurodiversity and I've talked to some people about this on one hand, like from the human design perspective, I'm like, why are we labeling people neurodiverse and neurotypical? Like what there's no such thing. Like everybody's different. What what are we doing? That's a really good point. Yeah. (laughs) It's so weird to me, but I talked to a therapist person. It's like, I'm not like legit curious. I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody because she specializes in neurodiversity. And she's like, no, I get it. Like I, I get it. But I guess there's specific things that they look at from the brain side which is really cool but I'm like I'm tired of trying to fit into the box of an old white dude like I'm not that so I feel like that's all you're telling me that neurotypicality is (laughs) yeah (laughs) so I'm glad to have human design and to have all of these um tools to support in different ways I think my thing that has really hit me lately, especially this past week, as I was diagnosed with CPTSD about 12 years ago. And I took medicine for a while, but then it was like, and it was from my marriage. And then we got divorced and I was full-time single mom and just, you know, surviving and doing the thing. And I think that's part of what's been unpacking with my kid going, like, I just have a little bit more space. And, and then I realized when I was talking to the therapist, I mentioned, that CPTSD is a type of neurodiversity that should be honored and recognized. And, and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and it, it's just really made me sit and think like, I think this is something I need to actually listen to. And it makes sense with the entire open body. Like I've just been amplifying so much for so yeah. long. Yeah. To me, to me, um, you know, my wide open solar plexus has been one thing that I just am continuously 
continuously focusing on just because of the how much conditioning I was in a very unhealthy relationship and still am with my mother as a 32 year old adult you know it's so just even the way I learned how to process emotions was whatever I learned I've got to unlearn like that's what I know that's what I've been doing and just that on top of really understanding again your sympathetic nervous system your parasympathetic what is it? Parasitic, parasitic, whatever that freaking word is. I know there's a simpa and there's a para, whatever. I know they're opposite, but learning that about yourself and really learning how to heal your nervous system is huge. Like the amount of caffeine that you take, you know, the amount of sleep, everything that you eat, um, all those things are super, super important. Um, and so for me, it's really been, it, I've really just been focusing on healing that. And that's huge. And that reminds me too, I was talking to someone else about how like human design has helped her, but she pointed out how it doesn't really address trauma in the body. It's like, there's these inner authorities. And if we think about what you were just talking about, like you kind of dampened your spleen for a long time. And so with, it's helpful because without this, you probably wouldn't have understood like, oh, I need to listen to that. But then I can only imagine having to transition to listening to that and trusting that within your body is such a huge process. So like you were saying, having that extra support, like we can say, Hey, look, here's how you're meant to work. Here's your energy. Here's where your, where your authority is. But without that extra support, it can be really difficult and scary. Yeah. I mean, even so it's, and that's where you're right. Human design doesn't address trauma in the body. But if you look at what centers are connected to what, you can make a logical, you know, I feel like, guess, like, for example, the G center is connected to the liver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I've said this multiple times that when I drink, my identity is completely stolen. Like, I am not who I am. I act like a completely different person. I go in directions that I know are not good for me, right? Like, it's so clouded. Um, so, it's like, okay, so if you've got an undefined G-center, like you should be really, really mindful of your alcohol assumption. You know, if you've got a defined spleen, you need to be really, really mindful of your drug abuse. Are you using drugs to escape an XYZ? And then you go over to the solar plexus, which is, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Because the, I mean, the uh, solar plexus is connected to the nervous system. And so the nervous system is connected to your flight and fight response. So just imagine if you're just in a constant state of fight or flight, like how you're expressing your emotions. Right. And are you even able to identify them or truly listen to them? Right. And acknowledge them. And, And then, you know, I know like a big thing... I was trying to find, I was just, just studying this aspect and I can't find where I wrote it down. Um, when we're, when we're thinking about feelings and I tell this to people a lot and I do this for myself, um, when you're feeling something, it's really best to just lean into it, like lean into it, let it really express itself and teach you what it's wanting to teach you. But that can be really terrifying if you're not used to doing that. And it can get overwhelming, but, um, and I know for me with my undefined solar plexus, it's like, there's sometimes like, I think 
like even if a friend will message me, sometimes I can't open the, the message for a day or two because I'm just like convinced that they hate me. And like just looking at it, it makes my stomach turn. And <laughs> it's so weird. I'm like, they're my best friend. I've known them for 20 years and I don't remember doing anything to piss them off, but I probably did. And, <laughs> and then they're like, Hey, I just wanted to tell you I really liked your post or something. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, the openness is is no joke. And I think that's why I get jealous of the definition or I like have that story in my head. Or like if I had this body definition, it'd be better. So I think that's why I like this conversation too. It's just helping, like we're all humans, like there's a whole bunch of expressions and and don't get stuck in shoulds. Yeah. And you know, like even just listening to you right now, I'm going to chart really quick. Okay. So let's think about that. Like even with what you were just saying, like somebody sent you a message and your narrative in your mind went to the worst case scenario. That's gate 56 all written all over it, right? Like gate 56 is all about storytelling, uh, being curious about the experience. And I feel like you've got some healing to do with that gate. Gate 56 is in your North node, right? Like you're stepping into that. Um, so I feel like there's something for you, even if it's defined, right? Like it's in a defined throat center for you. Cause it sounds like you're stuck in like a negative or a negative story that's kind of keeping you from Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's one that I've been working on healing for a while. And so I think um, that's what's hitting me with the CPTSD lately, mm -hmm. where I've been, I mean, I've been doing all kinds of stuff to heal. And I, very much, again, if we think about my ex's chart, like I was super codependent to him with that defined spleen. And um, so there's, there's a lot that I like, logically understand, I can observe and look at like yeah that makes sense and then I think with the gate six too like that friction and that poking it's like always something with that but it's like it's stuck in my body and that's what's been really frustrating for me like I, I'm like I guess this is just life now because <laughs> I've done all the energy healing I've done like everything I can think of and so the last resort is like, I don't know, I guess I'll just surrender to it. Then maybe it'll go away. But but yeah, with that 56 and the North Node, and then they talk about the North Node really turning on when you're 42. Mm. And I turn 42 in like, like next week. Yeah. So <laughs> it's right around the corner. So that's probably a lot of it too. Just like that amplification before the healing. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah. you're thank you for that perspective because that helps me too. Like I forget that storyteller sometimes, like if I turn it within, it's too much. Well, and you gotta think about it. Like that's your environment. Like whatever comes into your environment, you're telling a story about it. And the first thing that you're doing is like you you take it to that lower expression and like what like whatever you need to do to figure out, I feel like to see it in a higher expression. Um, and like there's even uh what type of therapy is it where you like rewrite a narrative in order to shift your perspective or to heal the story of what happened, um, which I always wondered like if that would be something that would be beneficial for like gate 56 or gate 33, because they are two big gates that are about, you know, transmitting stories. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting to look into. 
Yeah. I, I've had interesting experiences with therapists in the past. Some of it helps, but like most of them, I'll start telling them why I'm there, right? Like, and it's especially at the time, I'm like, I'm trying to heal from my divorce. Here's what happened. And then they get like all upset at him. They're like, he needs therapy. I'm like, right. But like, can you help this? <laughs> or I would end up just therapizing myself because it's an amazing soundboard. And so yeah. like, as I'm talking, I'm like figuring it out. And they're like, you're really good at this. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. What advice do you have for me, please? <laughs> oh man <laughs> that is interesting right yeah but yeah I don't know if I have anything else on like addictions or things I really just think that you know again there's so many nuances I think when you look at people's people's charts and different channels what I am seeing a pattern though is the spleen something with the spleen whether it's what gates they have defined or maybe even if it's a bridging gate and that's like the thing that they're focusing on maybe you know like so it really again it all just depends but with that center holding so many fears and you needing to be in your body to work through that in a healthy way um if that's not there then what are you doing right yeah that makes sense That makes sense. Well, thank you for exploring this with me. Just yeah, <laughs> my journey. I was just really curious to unpack that a bit and talking through things like this and and hearing people's stories just helps me to integrate it in a little bit of a different way. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. I really appreciate these talks because I'm like, I think this is right. And then you sent it. I'm like, ooh, more evidence. Let, let's do more research. Let's see. <laughs> so I love it because like we can study, you know, I study. I'm sure you study. We study, we study, but people are our study, you know, like I'm learning through myself. I'm learning through other people. Like the people are my true teacher, you know? Um, so having these conversations are extremely helpful for me as well. Absolutely. And I feel like that's such a three line thing to say, <laughs> but that's why, that's why we're so good, right? Like we bring this in and help to mutate the collective through all these experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like while I was doing research, I found something that was super interesting. Like I was looking at my 28 in the fifth line <clears throat> and this is so true, but like, you know, 28 in the fifth line is here to, to universalize struggle. And, you know, I, like, I didn't even realize that I do this, but you know, like I do do this is I am trying to pull everybody in to be like, are you, are you fighting for your, for the right thing? Do you value your life? Like I want everybody to be struggling, but I only want people to be struggling so that they're getting to their purpose. And I didn't even like realize that like intuitively, like this is what I have been doing, um, which is really important as a projector. Like you better make sure there's an invitation before I'm like broken and prodding, being like, are you fighting for life? Do you have value here? Like, are you doing something that you love? Because I do. Like, that's like when people come to me, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what's what's up? <laughs> you know, like, talk to me because life, my 28 life is too short to be doing shit that you don't want to do. So let's right. figure this out. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I just went on that rant because it's up here on the chart. But 
No, I love that though, because I feel like that energy is really needed. Like you said, when it's invite, like if people are coming to you, because you're saying that, and I'm like, oh, you know, I could probably use that conversation because I'm over here, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm stuck. I have no energy. And <laughs> so it's like nice to have that provoking spark when it when it's time. But that's what I love too, is like you have that amazing gift and you know that and you're like intuitively doing it and then it's like oh look it's in your chart but then I don't have to feel bad that I'm not that like in the past I would try to be like oh maybe I should let me try to talk like Brandy talks no that's gonna be weird (laughs) that's not gonna work (laughs) right (laughs) yeah it's really interesting it really is uh okay rebecca well hey and also we're gonna hang out i still don't have a truck so it's i yeah i know talk about the channel of struggle i have been struggling to get this truck for months now uh it's still in the shop when is it getting out i'm tired of predicting i don't know um but so yeah so i'm just letting you know that uh in the future but um i haven't been ignoring you it's just been a struggle over here (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, like I said, August has been a lot over here too. So um, I'm sure it'll happen when it's meant to happen. Yeah. When it's, well, we'll definitely, and honestly, I feel like it's for the best, you know, it's been hot as shit. What are we going to do? Where are we going to go? I mean, we could go, we could go sit inside somewhere, but I feel like when this fall weather hits, we'll meet up, we'll go sit outside somewhere. We'll go have some nice tea or something. Who knows? Yes. All right. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of Spleen Stories, Personal Journeys of Addiction and Human Design. I want to thank Rebecca for the inspiring question that sparked this episode. She is always a joy and a pleasure to have on the show, and I'm sure we will connect further to make more episodes. Remember to subscribe to the Projector Guidance Podcast for engaging episodes, expert interviews, and transformative discussions. By staying connected, you'll continue to receive guidance and support as we delve into various aspects of human design. Together, we can unlock the true potential of our unique designs. Until next time, may each of you embrace the power of your human design, honor your true essence, and thrive in the magic that unfolds when we live in alignment with our authentic selves.